Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. I am Matt Wright, and together you and I are going to be traversing the muddied waters of freedom together for roughly the next 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, first and foremost, no matter where you are watching this or listening to this, be sure that you've liked the page, subscribed to the page, shared the page, like the video, share the video, comment on the video, do whatever you can to boost us in those algorithms. If you are watching this on Spotify, not live, thank you very much. If you are listening to this on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, thank you very much, because that is how I get paid. But no matter how you consume this, day in, day out, to you, I say, Bula Vanaka. So, it is the last show of the year for me, everybody. Uh, I am taking next week off because of the holiday season and uh, just, you know, one more week to one last week to kind of relax before hitting 2023 as hard as I possibly can to bring you the best Liberty content that is out there. Um, it's been a whirlwind of stuff going on here in my world over the last couple of days slash weeks, uh, you know, as it always is toward the end of the year when you're trying to get everything done, you've got parties to go to, you've got events to be at. And uh, so I'm going to apologize now that this may not be the high energy show that I usually put on, but, and that is because I am tired. And the reason I am tired today, unfortunately, is because this morning I did not have my mud water. Mudwater is a coffee alternative that's made from masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. It may sound like it's going to taste like you're licking the bottom of a hobo's foot or possibly that you're being baby-birded disgusting mushroom puree from an infant, and you would be right. But if you add honey, it's not that bad, and it does give you the energy to get you going all day long. If you want to make the switch from coffee to mud water today, head on over to muddywatersoffreedom.com slash mud, and you can know what it's like to not feel like this at 8 o'clock Eastern on a Tuesday. Um, <clears throat> it's been a big week, uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, thank you, uh, Narcissistic on YouTube. Happy Hanukkah to anybody out there watching. We are on night... Three, night three of Hanukkah and to all of my Jewish family and friends. I say happy Hanukkah. Um, I got the great, uh, so also let me just say, I got the greatest Hanukkah present that anybody has ever gotten. Well, that's probably not 100. It's, it's the greatest Hanukkah present I've ever gotten and possibly the greatest Hanukkah present I will ever get. I got a brand new, brand spanking new CZ75B for uh, Hanukkah this year, and I cannot wait to take it to the range and put some rounds through it. Fun fact, if it wasn't for the fall of communism, CZ would not be available here in America. So thank you for to communism for failing, so that way CZ could be in my hands this Hanukkah. Um, so um, it's been a big week. There's been a lot of stuff going on, uh, and... I, you know, I had a lot to do, so uh, my notes aren't how they normally are, so we're going to have a, a lot more fun today, and hopefully I have the energy to keep all of it up uh, without having had my mud water this morning. So, as we all know, yesterday, 
the January 6th committee recommend recommendations came in. And the committee, which was made up of like five Democrats and two never Trumpers, so a very bipartisan committee, um, <clears throat> Uh, they recommended a series of crimes for the Department of Justice to charge Donald, Day, D Donald Trump with, including insurrection. Now, as I said, I believe it was two weeks ago. Um, as I said two weeks ago, uh, usually whenever these committees happen and they give their recommendations to the Department of Justice or whoever, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens because these recommendations are essentially meaningless. They are the exact same thing as us sitting here saying, hey, I think that the Department of Justice should uh, investigate, should investigate, uh, I don't know, Gary Johnson for campaign finance reform problems that he may have had in 2012. Um, and nothing's going to happen because the Department of Justice doesn't have to follow these recommendations. But with it being Donald J. Trump, everything that we're seeing with the Twitter files and uh, all the stuff that we already knew, do you think that the Department of Justice will do anything? Comment below. Let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, kind of fill me in. What, what you think is going to happen. Uh, I, I honestly have no idea whether or not the Department of Justice is going to follow through on um, any of these charges. Uh, they're... What, there's the one for uh, obstruction that might have some teeth. Anything else that's in there, I think it's it's blatant pandering by Adam Schiff and the other people that were part of the January 6th committee, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere, and it will fizzle out. That being said, Donald Trump decided to tease a huge, huge announcement this week. And many people thought it was going to be some sort of future policy he was going to enact um, should he be reelected president. Something along the lines of, I don't know, say this. Trump says he'd ban government from uh, labeling speech as misinformation. And this was actually a pretty big deal if he was going to win re-election, which I don't think he will. But that's actually a pretty big deal. You're saying, okay, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA cannot collude with social media companies and say, hey, this is going to be misinformation. That is going to be up to the people to decide and whatever. That would actually be big news. But instead... We got all two minutes of this, and if you haven't seen the full video, I'm showing all two minutes of it because it is glorious in every single aspect of terrible, cringy, boomerific, I'm trying to speak to the young people, wokeism kind of thing. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump Digital Cards just like a baseball card 
or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or golf with you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one -on -one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. My official Trump digital trading cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community, and I think it's something you're going to like, and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com and buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone, and they will be gone. This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection, and you get a chance to meet me. Go to collecttrumpcards.com right now, and remember, Christmas is coming, and this makes a great Christmas gift. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, he opens in the most Trumpian fashion ever. Hey, everybody, it is me, your most favorite president ever, better than Lincoln better than Washington, with a huge announcement. We are launching NFTs. Now, what, uh, what a lot of people kind of figure was that this was his campaign, a way for him to finance his campaign. Uh, but no, that is not actually what is happening. These NFTs were made and are being put out by a third party, um, are being made and put out by a third party. Uh, who paid Trump for his likeness. So Trump's been paid for these. He's helping with the marketing of these, and the company is getting paid the money for these. Now, these things sold out massively quick. Uh, I know that they have been resold for uh, upwards of thousands of dollars. Uh, I know somebody who bought one for 100 bucks sold it for seven. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Sherry Conover, Char Charlo says, is this SNL? No, this is not SNL. This is what is really happening in this world right now. Uh, Donald Trump is getting into the NFT game a year after South Park made fun of it. Um, now, I will freely and openly admit that I was 100% wrong about Trump in 2015. I thought he was just going to be some flash-in-the-pan candidate. He was just grabbing headlines because he wanted to renegotiate his contract for uh, The Apprentice with NBC, and that he was going to fizzle out and just kind of go away when everybody got over the, uh, the, the pageantry of his campaign. Um, instead... Like a McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese left outside in the sun, he won't go away. Even when he's exposed to all of the elements that are attacking him, he won't go away. Now, this does feel sort of like 
the worst kind of attention grab of somebody who doesn't really understand what he's doing as far as somebody who is running for president, especially as somebody who has been the president. This feels more like a sideshow, low-level antics um, of somebody that is attempting to be relevant in a race, in a race that they're not relevant in anymore. We all kind of... we. If you don't remember, my favorite moment that Trump ever had was where uh, Lindsey Graham had taken some shots at him, and he comes back and he says, yeah, Lindsey Graham, he asked me for help. He asked me for help. He would call me and he'd leave me messages being like, done, I need help. I need money. Can you help me out? Can you help out my campaign? Give me a call back and read his phone number out loud. Ruining... Like everybody just started calling the number because they couldn't believe it was actually Lindsey Graham's phone number. It 100% was Lindsey Graham's phone number, and Lindsey Graham had to shut that phone down and get a different, uh, get a different number. Um. <laughs> so these, what he's doing here, are not the antics of somebody who is the former president of the U.S. He knows that he is behind in polls. He's behind in polls so much that you're already starting to see other people in the Republican Party starting to come out of the wood woodwork talking about, maybe I'll run, maybe I'll run, maybe I'll run. Chris Christie recently said he was going to run. Um, Christy Nome's name's been tossed around. Obviously, DeSantis is a name that you're going to be hearing a lot. Um, and if the Republicans who don't want Trump in don't want a repeat of 2016, they shouldn't have 400 people running for president in 2024. Because as because Donald Trump's going to keep his base. He's going to keep that 20, you know, it used to be 33% was Donald Trump's base. I think it's lower now, probably, you know, in that mid, low to mid 20s. So 22, 25, uh, he'll keep that. So he'll always be kind of in the top, top section of the people who are running for president, not low enough. They won't make it onto debate stages, not low enough. They he'll have to drop out because he'll win a state here. He'll win a state there. And it will just be everybody else battling it out, trying to steal the time from Trump. Instead, you need one or two strong candidates that are going to run against Donald Trump and not attack Donald Trump, not attack each other, just attack what is happening, to give your positions, give your policies that are going on in Washington and what you would do to fix it. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to be, you could quite possibly be stuck in a situation where you are now having to deal with another, uh, re with, well, with a rematch of 20, uh, whatever the, 20, 2020, that was the last election, 2020 of Biden versus Trump. And I'm not saying I know who's going to win that, but I wouldn't feel comfortable placing a bet on either one of those people at this, at this moment. So um, with Trump doing stuff like this, you know, it's, if it was any, if it was anybody else, I would be like, no, this is a person who's not taking this seriously. They're not planning on really running. They're probably going to drop out. But with Trump, it is so hard to figure out what it is that he is thinking. I can't make a single guy, uh, a single guess as to what this person is thinking. It's like trying to look at 
my six-year-old and guess what he is thinking about doing next. There, it's about a 50-50 chance that he looks at me and sweetly says, I love you, Matt. Or he could open his eyes as wide as possible, screaming like a bat while Ozzy bit the head off of it and jump at my face trying to chew on my nose. Like, there is no telling, and Trump is essentially a 78-ish-year-old, six-year-old. So, I have no idea what he's thinking with the NFTs. Uh, I know it's a cash grab for him because he got paid the likeness rights and he's helping other people make money. But um, it's not a good look. It is not a good look. Um, another not good look. <laughs> Joe Hanush says he's not that mature. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's, not, he's not as mature as my six-year-old. And uh, that is not something I say lightly. Um, so during a Q&A with Washington Post readers on Tuesday, a woman named Sharon asked columnist Eugene Robinson, who quite possibly might be the most brilliant human being alive, uh, asked columnist Eugene Robinson, assuming Biden runs again, which right now it looks like he's going to, I believe that Joe Biden says that she's 100% in, uh, Chuck Schumer uh, is saying that he... He thinks Biden should. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, who's no longer Democrat leadership, uh, said that she believes Biden has a great vision for the country. Um, but assuming Biden runs again, wouldn't it make sense for him to drop Vice President Harris and find another running partner? Then she added, she strikes me as having little impact. She is not an inspiring leader, and there are numerous other high-profile Dems who would create more enthusiasm for the ticket. And Sharon at the Washington Post Reader Q&A is right. She is, has little impact. She is not an inspiring leader, and there are numerous other high-profile Dems who would create much more enthusiasm for the ticket. So what... Uh, Eugene Robinson says in response, if Vice President Harris is not having impact, it is mostly, perhaps entirely, because she is in the gilded prison known as the Vice Presidency. It is her job to be second fiddle. She is a much better and more effective politician than her current position allows her to demonstrate. He said that this woman is a more effective politician than her current position allows her to demonstrate. Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. We also recognize, just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. That is not an effective politician who has been 
stuck in the gilded, pr gilded prison known as the vice presidency. That is somebody who is not a good politician, and we have known that for a very long time. We have known that since her early debate performances, even when she was dropping the bomb on Joe Biden, she still had to drop out massively early, and that's because Joe Biden hit her back and hit her back incredibly hard because while she was saying that... Uh, uh, that Joe Biden voted against busing, uh, wanted to get rid of busing, and she was the second. She lied and said that she was the second per child ever bused in California or whatever. Uh, and then he hits her back and says, "You're the one that put these people in jail." Uh, so, so uh, she is not a great politician. She is so bad of a politician that. She is not allowed to veer off of her speeches anymore. And I know that I don't I don't know this to be an actual factual thing, but I can prove it because if you go and you try to find a speech where she says something completely outlandish, like we're we're here for the covid effort recovery with our recovery effort or whatever she was saying there or when she said the thing about because you're the mayor because you're mayors or the space where she was explaining space to uh, NASA astronauts or where she said, Russia is a big country. Ukraine is a little country. Russia invaded Russia. The big country invaded Ukraine, the little country. Uh, you have trouble finding those now. So you know that she had that clamp down on her where Somebody in her, somebody in her cabinet said, "Listen, we're going to write these speeches. You read the speeches. You do not veer off. Otherwise, you are going to continue being made fun of online by people like me." Um, so I and I looked. I looked hard, and you can't really find many speeches that she had done. She did one in Africa last week, and you could see her going from monitor to monitor to monitor to monitor and just reading word for word for word. There were a few things in there that I was like, hmm, I think she messed it up there or she didn't say it correctly, but she still, she still, it wasn't as bad as any time that she tries to riff on her own. Um, Joe Hanush says, who speaks better, Biden or Harris? Which is, it's a fair question. Um, I'm going to say Harris speaks better because she just knows she needs to fill time. Joe Biden starts a sentence, has no idea where it's going to go. And to prove that, last week, Joe Biden signed in, uh, signed in the Respect for Marriage Act, which essentially repealed the Defense of Marriage Act. Now, during a voiceover, during the... Uh, during the show that they put on for the Respect for Marriage Act at the White House, Joe Biden was giving this voiceover. Leader of the free world, president of the United States, most powerful person in the, on the planet, was giving, doing a voiceover for what was happening at the White House this day. And just take a listen. And that's what people are finding out is what what all marriages at their root are about. Whether they're marriages of lesbians or gay men or heterosexual. 
They cut him off. They cut him off because they knew he was starting down a train. He was starting down a train uh, way because it's Joe Biden and he loves trains. Uh, he's heading down the train tracks and he was not going to get off at the next stop. He was going to keep going. Uh, and he didn't know where he was going to go because he stumbled over lesbians and uh, 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 gay men and hetero, hetero, heteroset and then cut. So Biden was touting this as a huge win for marriage across, you know, across the spectrum. And he continues to do this neat thing where he talks about how he has always been somebody who has defended the rights of the LGBTQ uh, community. So let's have a quick history lesson of Biden's support for the LGBTQ community, uh, starting way back at the beginning, because where else do you start a story? In 1973. In 1973, Biden suggests gay federal employees were security risks. Robert Vane, a gay activist, asked Biden a question about gays serving in the military. Um, Biden said, I'm not making this quote up. You can Google this quote. This is word for word what he says. My gut reaction is that they, homosexuals, are security risks. But I must admit, I haven't given this much thought. I'll be darned. But this was 1973. So obviously, you know, the way that people thought was different. You know, they're... Being, you know, being gay, lesbian, whatever, was not as widely accepted as it is today. So, you know, product of his time, sure, whatever. Um, fast forward. 20 years later. In 1993, Joe Biden voted for an amendment to block the immigration of HIV-positive individuals to the United States. Funny enough... This was a fallout from the teachings of Dr. Anthony Fauci, who said, you know, there might be, there might be a time uh, at some point in the future in which a child will get AIDS by sharing cereal with his HIV-positive parent. Um, so Biden said, nope, we can't have anybody with HIV coming into the country. So nope, you ban them, had to be tested before they came in. Um, it's weird that they don't do that for COVID now when he was so quick to do that for HIV. Uh, in 1993, he also voted, he also voted for the don't ask, don't tell policy, which we are all familiar with. I, uh, Joe Hanush in the comments brought it up. Um, in 1994, he voted for an amendment to cut off federal funds to any school district that teaches acceptance of homosexuality as a lifestyle. In 1994, he voted for an amendment to not spend government money to school districts that teach acceptance of homosexuality as a lifestyle. 
to me, that sounds an awful lot like don't say gay. And Biden supported the don't say gay bill of 1994. Um, <clears throat> in 1996, <laughs> Joe says Biden's been a pretty good Republican over the years. Uh, you know, when I was doing this, I was like, man, he would win handily in the South as a Republican just based on this. Um, in 1996, he voted for the Defense of Marriage Act, which defined uh, marriage at a federal level between one man and one woman. The act that was recently repealed by the new law, um, by the new law, which I just blanked on the name, Respect for Marriage Act. Um, in the 2000s, so we're, you know, we're, we're at least in this millennia at this point. We're in this century. Um, in the 2000s, he referred to same-sex marriage as a state issue, which, okay, we've got some growth going there. It's state issue. Uh, opposing a proposed marriage amendment to, uh, as a state issue, opposing a proposed marriage amendment to the Constitution. For anybody who doesn't remember, back in the early 2000s, during the Bush-Cheney years, uh, there was a lot of talk about whether or not they should add an amendment to the Constitution that stated that marriage is between one man and one woman, and that's it. That is the federal definition constitutionally enshrined of marriage. And it became a huge talking point in the debate during the early 2000s. Um, but, and Joe Biden, to his credit, opposed it, uh, saying that it should be a state issue. He's quoted as saying, as President Bush said on a previous occasion, this issue should be left to the states. I agree. So he's also here for states' rights, which this is not the Joe Biden I know of today. Uh, that's why I voted for the Defense of Marriage Act, which defines marriage as a union between one man and one woman and does not require any state to recognize a same-sex union sanctioned under the law of another state. Meaning that if you went and you got married in Massachusetts or Connecticut, because I think those were the first two, um, and then you went back home to Virginia, it was still recognized federally that you were married, even if Virginia didn't recognize the marriage. Um, in 2006, this one I like a lot, only because of how funny it is. In 2006, while on Anderson Cooper 360, before Anderson Cooper had come out, uh, he was asked about whether he opposed the, uh, the marriage amendment to the Constitution because of the substance of the amendment or the timing of the amendment. Big difference. Substance of the amendment or just because of who put it out, when it was put out. And he said, I'm against the timing of it. Look, marriage is between a man and a woman. Tell me why that has to be put in the Constitution now. We already have a federal law that has not been challenged. No one's declared it unconstitutional. It's the law of the land saying marriage is between a man and a woman. 2006, on Anderson Cooper, 16 years ago. Yeah, 16 years ago. Had to do that math in my head really quick, and then I questioned it. So as the gay marriage debate started really growing here in the United States and people saying that it should be, you know, gay marriage should be allowed, other people saying it shouldn't be allowed, 
you know, you know, what's going to happen next? People are going to want to marry their dogs or people are going to want to marry their brothers and sisters, whatever, you know, they're going to, we're going to have polygamy. We're going to have blah, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, like all of the, all of the slippery slope fallacies were coming out. Some of them not so slippery slope, but whatever. Um, so during the vice presidential debate in 2008, he was asked point blank if he supported gay marriage. And here was his response. Let's try to avoid nuance, Senator. Do you support gay marriage? No, Barack Obama nor I support redefining from a, from a civil side what constitutes marriage. We do not support that. That is basically a decision to be able to be left to the face and people who practice their face determination what you call it. 2008. I don't support gay marriage, and that is up to the people of faith and those who practice those faith to determine what you call it. 14 years ago. It wasn't until what many people believe was just one of his many gaffes over his career in 2012 on Meet the Press when he said, I am absolutely comfortable with the fact that men marrying men, women marrying women, and heterosexual men and women marrying another are entitled to the same exact rights, all the civil rights, all the civil liberties, uh, when he was asked about whether or not he was comfortable with same-sex marriage. The Obama White House distanced themselves from this statement. They said... What Joe Biden said in that interview is not what the White House or this administration believes as a whole. He was only expressing his own personal opinions. Um, even even the uh, Biden press secretary took attempts to like take it back. But at that point, it was so wide out and so far out there in the press, in the news, that Joe Biden, the vice president of the United States had said that, yes, gay marriage should be a thing, that it was almost impossible, and especially with the way that he said it, with, with the conviction that he did. And he's not wrong in what he said, but he couldn't take it back at that point. So in 2012, he had that out there, and there was nothing he can do. So instead of doing what many others would do and lean into it and push that, between 2012 and 2006, 16, 2012 and 2016, um, his answers were more on the tepid side, uh, one side or the other, like, you know, what do you think about gay marriage? And he's like, oh, you know, right now we have laws in place and blah, 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 but you know, it, if we got gay marriage, that'd be great, you know, but right now these are the laws. Think, you know, things like that. It wasn't anything definitive. It wasn't any actual policies, anything like that. He was just stating, you know, what the law is, but if it ever came around, he'd be okay with it. It was basically what he was saying between, between 2012 and 2016. So it wasn't until 2020, two years ago, when at a debate, he said what I'm about to show you, and his support was absolutely 
made 100% clear. I was the first major leader holding public office to call for same-sex marriage. So I don't know what about the past of Barack Obama and Joe Biden was so bad. Well, he doesn't know what about the past Barack Obama and Joe Biden was so bad. But in 2008... Let's try to avoid nuance, Senator. Do you support gay marriage? No. Barack Obama nor I support redefining from a from a civil side what constitutes marriage so as you can see biden's memory isn't that great i know we didn't really need this to be the evidence but we have the evidence that biden's memory isn't that great um he said i was the first major leader holding public office to call for same-sex marriage and this was during the debate uh, in, I believe that was debate in New Hampshire. I could be wrong on that. It was the first debate. And then he doubled down on this in the second debate. And he stated. And by the way, I might add, I'm the first person to go on national television in any administration and say I supported gay marriage. I supported gay marriage when asked. And I so and it started a ripple effect. I'm not taking all credit for it, but I'm the first major player to say I support gay marriage on national television. First person to go on national television in any administration and say I supported gay marriage. I supported gay marriage when asked. And he's not taking the credit, but he's the one that started the ripple effect of politicians saying they support gay marriage. And if this was 1973, he could get away with a statement like that. But it's not 1973, Joe. Instead, it's 2022. And the internet exists. And that's why we have evidence that you were not the first by many, many years. This is a tough one, Bernie. Um, the um, uh, fact of the matter is we live in a free society, and, and freedom means freedom for everybody. We don't get to choose and shouldn't be able to choose and say, you get to live free, but you don't. And, and I think that means that people should be free to enter into any kind of relationship they want to enter into. It's really no one else's business in terms of uh, trying to regulate or, or prohibit behavior in that regard. The next step, then, of course, is the question you ask of whether or not there ought to be some kind of uh, official sanction, if you will, of the relationship, or if uh, these relationships should be treated the same way a conventional marriage is. That's a tougher problem. Uh, that's not a, uh, a slam dunk. I think the fact of the matter, of course, is that matters are regulated by the states. Uh, I think different states are likely to come to different conclusions, and that's appropriate. I don't think there should necessarily be a federal policy in this area. Um, I try to be open-minded about it uh, as much as I can and tolerant uh, of those relationships. And uh, like Joe, I am uh, also wrestle with the extent to which uh, there ought to be legal sanction of those relationships. Uh, I think we ought to do uh, everything we can to, to tolerate and accommodate uh, whatever kind of relationships people want to enter into. Dick fucking Cheney said it in 2000. Dick Fucking Cheney. Granted, Dick Cheney, we, as we all know, I, I'm 99% certain that his daughter is a lesbian and 
So he was probably on the forefront of that. And I get it. And I, I agree. I don't think there should be a federal policy on this. States want to make laws saying that you can't do it. I don't agree with those states, but at the same time, I don't think that there needs to be a federal policy on this. As much as, as much, and much like everything else, the government got involved in marriage because of one thing and one thing only. Taxes. In the Revenue Act of 1913, by Woodrow Wilson, the worst president we've ever had, in my personal opinion, um, there was an exemption that was set up. It was one of the first, it was the first exemption ever set up in the tax code, um, <clears throat> or at least one of the first ones. It was, in, it was in that entire package. And if you were single, the first $3,000 of what you made annually was not taxed. If you were married, it was $4,000. So you got an extra $1,000 that wasn't taxed by the government in 1913. But states weren't in the business of giving out marriage licenses at the time. It was sort of just, so with the IRS, it was done on the honesty system. Back then, and you would go to your church or whatever and your pastor would be like hey do you take this person do you take this person yep yep cool now you are married in the eyes of god and or you know the eyes of whatever um and then you would go along your merry way you stood in front of your friends your family your town your community and you said yes this is the person that i am betrothed to this is the person that i love this is the person i want to be with and you stood up there and you did it so then when the irs came and they said Hey, um, are you married? Why? You get an extra exemption of $1,000 if you're married. Yes. Guess what? I'm married. So after a while of this happening, which I'm guessing that tax fraud's been around as long as taxes, um, the IRS wanted to see proof. So states, knowing that the IRS wanted to see proof and realizing that this could be a revenue stream for the states and localities themselves, started charging for licenses that people could show to the IRS and you could earn the extra exemption. And by 1929, every state had laws regarding marriage licenses. Now, as everybody knows, I don't care who wants to be together. I don't care. Two guys, two girls, guy and a girl, whatever. I don't care. If you are happy and you found the person that makes you happy or you found somebody that you are happy with or whatever, go be happy with that person. I don't care. What I do know, two things. No one should have to ask permission from their leaders or pay a fee to them to stand in front of your friends, your family, your community, uh, in Talk to whatever deity it is that you follow to say, I love you and I want to be with you. That should not be something that you need to do. Sure, you have to pay for the venue and you might have to pay for, you know, the preacher, pastor, person's time, whatever. Uh, 
You may have to pay for that, but you should not have to pay for, for permission from the state. And the Respect for Marriage Act shouldn't exist because the federal government should have no say in marriages. But because it does exist, it should have included some sort of carve-out stating that if you are performing, uh, if you are a church that performs marriages, but you are staunchly against same-sex marriages, you should not be forced to do it because now it's federally recognized. There should have been the carve-out for people to express their religious beliefs. Should have been in there. Mike Lee said he would vote for the bill if they included that. They said, no, we won't include that because that's not what the end goal is here. The end goal is to force everybody into acceptance. And while I do believe that everybody should be allowed to be together, you cannot force acceptance onto people through the arm of government. So that is the show this week. Uh, also, I find it funny that uh, I got married like two months ago, and uh, I did a whole thing on why marriage is stupid. Um, I love my wife. She is my world, um, and I've never been happier. But that being said, I've said all of this stuff before, and uh, no, the government shouldn't have any say in whether or not we are together. And they don't. Um, so that is it for me. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed Joe Biden's history of supporting the LGBTQ community. Uh, and uh, I hope that you get to take some of these precious little gems. Remember, whenever somebody says he was the first person that came out and spoke positively of gay marriage on national television when asked, you can say, no, Dick Cheney was. And since they anybody that's going to say that to you hates Dick Cheney with a fiery passion, they probably won't talk to you again. Uh, so, you know, it's like win-win. Uh, so I am going to be off, like I said, next week. I'm going to be off next week. We got, we're on day three of Hanukkah, and we have not been able to truly celebrate uh, any of the days the way that we should be able to celebrate the days, so we're going to be having that. We've got Christmas Eve coming up. We've got Christmas coming up. Um, you got any other holidays that you, I don't even know what they are. Um, uh, apparently... We are getting spammed on YouTube by sexfind.info. So don't click any link that they gave, but I know that... I know that uh, Festivus, yes, Festivus is coming up. The airing of the grievances will commence in a few days. Um, but no matter what you're doing for this holiday season, I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. Be with the people that you want to be around. If it's your family, great. If it's your friends, great. If it's nobody, great. Good on you. Um, but be out there. Be happy. Do whatever it is that's going to bring you as much joy as possible over these next couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, go out there. Have fun. But also, while you're out there, please, please, please be safe. 
in many areas of this country, it's cold enough to freeze. Not here, but I mean, Christmas here is supposed to be like 45 and half of the city is like freaking out. Uh, Joe Hanush is already unsure of whether or not he can grow his beard long enough to use it as a scarf by then. Um, but no matter what, if you're going to drink, don't drive. And if you use an Uber, use a Lyft, get taxis. DU, I can, ex I can tell you from experience, DUIs are expensive. It's either you're going to pay top dollar to the state for all of the fees and all of the uh, court costs and every and all of the fines that you get for the DUI, or you're going to have to pay a lot of money for a lawyer to pay less money to the state, less money uh, on fees for court costs and fines and all of that, and uh, then you're going to lose your license for a year, and then it's going to hit your insurance, and it's just really expensive, so take the $20 Lyft or Uber. Even if it's on surge pricing, take the Lyft or Uber. Trust me. It's much more expensive the other way. Um, I hope everybody had a great year. 2023 was one of the most stressful years of my life with a lot of changes going on. I appreciate each and every one of you, um, each and every one of you who have been here, who have been through this entire year with us. Uh, Muddy Waters Media is growing. We're going to be seeing a lot more stuff coming from us. Uh, we just had some meetings with... Two very, very, very attractive social media and website um, designers and consultants. And can't wait to see how we are going to be taking what they are recommending and moving it into 2023. So be on the lookout for a lot of really cool stuff uh, that we're gonna be that we're gonna be uh, putting out. And uh, I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope that very soon we will start being able to do the raising of funds for uh, the Muddied Waters media movie experiences that we are going to be trying to fund and put out, which are going to be a good time. They're going to be a great time. One of them is dystopian in nature. Uh, so those are going to be a good time. I'll even, at some point on Twitter, I will put out a poll once we get everything up and running. Because uh, we already know what the full-length movie is going to be. And then for some of the shorts, I'll uh, put out, do we want them to be comedy? Do we want them to be sci-fi? Do we want them to be, uh, you know, drama, whatever. Uh, so we'll do, we'll do uh, polls for people to vote on. So you can decide what kind of shorts you want to see. Um, and no Joe Hanush, it can't be Madras or Plaid or khaki, uh, short films that you would like to see having to do with having to do with liberty and also what topics you want us to cover. So it's going to be a good time. we got a lot of stuff that are planned. We can't wait to get started. Uh, thank you all so much. Have a great holiday season. If you are a member of the tribe, happy Annika. If you're not, happy uh, Merry Christmas. No matter what, happy New Year. We will see you the first week of January, the first Tuesday, whatever day that is, I have no idea because the calendar's not in front of me. But until then, remember, where we're going, we don't need roads.